Alright guys, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. This is your Saturday Behind Enemy Lines episode, and I'm excited. I think we have a great guest for this show to talk about the New England Patriots who come into First Energy Stadium to play your Cleveland Browns, which it should be a pretty good game. I mean, this is two teams who play a pretty similar brand of football. I think it should be a very interesting game on both sides. New England comes into this game 2-3. and three. Cleveland also comes in 2-3. and three. Both teams really, really needing to get back into the win column uh, well, Cleveland needing to get into the win column. The Patriots coming off a 29 nothing win over Detroit. So it's just um, you know sort of fascinating game because of a lot of the surrounding elements around injuries and things like that. We heard today, as we're recording this on Friday, the Browns are without Miles or sorry, without Jadevian Clowney and Denzel Ward. I know the Patriots are dealing with some injuries of their own, which we'll be enlightened about in just a minute. Excited to have a great guest, Andrew Callahan. We had Andrew on last year to talk before the Patriots whooped up on Cleveland in New England last year. He's the Patriots beat reporter over at the Boston Herald. Does a great job. He's a great follow at underscore Andrew Callahan on Twitter. Uh, Andrew, what's up, man? How are you? Thanks, Jake. I feel great after that intro. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, of course. Well, I, I try to support people who do good work, and I think you do great work. So talk to us about... Listen, give us a state. Let's start with this state of the Patriots. Where are you at this season? I know the two and three record might not be where you thought you'd be, but some, some injuries have happened, some different things, but playing pretty good football right now, right? Yeah, the Patriots certainly feel rejuvenated after beating, you know, the breaks off the line 29 to nothing. As you mentioned, they felt they were really close in Green Bay where, you know, Brian Hoyer gets concussed and knocked out after two drives and you're relying on a fourth round rookie who had been a healthy scratch up until that point. So, you know, Billy Zappi played well. They managed him uh, really expertly, I thought, against the Lions, even though the Lions ran out of defensive backs in that game. High play action rate, ran the same, you know, six to eight concepts, uh, just dressed it up differently and ran the ball. So, you know, they've gotten lucky, I think, in the sense that for the third straight Cleveland, they're facing the league's worst run defense by DPOA, so they can lean on Ramondre Stevenson like they did for 161 yards. Uh, but defensively, they needed to tighten the screws, too, because, you know, Baltimore and Green Bay gashed them both for over 170 yards. They limited that against the Lions, but it's going to be a whole new test for them, obviously, against the Browns. That That's great insight. I would ask, too, I think it's always in, imperative. I know it's Friday, and we learn a little more after Friday and into the weekend, but uh, injury front, who who is likely to play that's on the list and who's likely to not play, if you know off the top of your head? Yeah, my sense is that a quarterback, Zappi, will get another start instead of Mac Jones, who has been limited to very different degrees for six straight practices. Um, this week, finally, it looks like he's shaken off the limp that was very obvious last week. High ankle sprains usually take four to six weeks. This would be week number three for him. As far as everyone else on that injury report, Josh Uche should miss Sunday's game. He's really just a rotational rusher for them. But guys like Jacoby Myers, Adrian Phillips, like Jalen Mills, they've been staples of the injury report and played really the last two games. Uh, Mills missed one, but you know, the, whatever the Patriots trot out is questionable. Like the, the guys who play on that list, it's usually about seventy to eighty percent. So they're they're in decent health shape. Got it. Good stuff. We'll um, shift to sort of what's going on coaching staff wise. I know it's obviously still Bill, but there's been some some stuff with the offensive side. Who's Who's handling the, the coordinator roles in both offense and defense right now? Yeah, so it is a division of labor, in the words that they've used constantly with us dating back to, you know, May and June, just to deflect any sort of questions, specifically offensively, it's collaborative. It's a very collaborative process, but if you need to nail it down, Matt Patricia is calling plays on offense. He has the lead assistant role on that side of the ball. It's really him, Belichick, and Joe Judge. Um, deciding what they want to do on a week-to-week basis. And the defensively, Steve Belichick, who's called plays now going on his fourth straight year 
as their outside linebackers coach, you know, he's splitting those duties with Gerard Mayo. And it's, it's really been striking because, of course, you associate Bill Belichick with defensive coaching and, and mastermind and game planning. After they beat the Lions and shut them out, he's crediting the defensive staff for their game plan, which, look, he never takes any credit personally. But I think it speaks to what we've seen dating back to the summer for people who cover the team. Belichick has spent 90% of his time on the field with the offense, and that's because of the faith he has in Mayo and his son Steve to kind of carry the load uh, defensively. Yeah, it's been a good group on that side. They continue to have a bunch of guys. I mean, they present unique challenges to Cleveland, in my opinion, because they'll they'll do things in the run game to kill sort of what Cleveland is best at, outside zone stuff. I think they do a really good job with that, sort of how they how they scheme it up. I don't know if Cleveland will be able to be as successful as they've been. The Browns have run for over 170 every week this year, so it'll be a mesh of uh, between Browns offense, Patriots defense, of some real challenges. And I think that the defensive backs, although not a ton of names that people know across the NFL, they still get the most out of them all the time, right? Seems like Kyle Duggar's taking a big jump too, so we'll just sort of dive in, talk defense. Who's standing out in the secondary, and then we'll move our way up front? Yeah, I think you got to start with Kyle Duggar, third-year kid, former second-round pick in 2020, and I think like a lot of players who came into the league in the you know starter middle of the pandemic, your development gets delayed a little bit, but he's in a full-on breakout. And you don't always see it in the areas like grabbing an interception like he did, of course, against Cleveland last year. But you see it in the way he's kind of blowing up receivers who are trying to block him, you know, on screens or the way that he's covering and rotating deep when they spin a safety down. And he's handling those those duties as a single high safety just as well as Devin McCourty or his man-to-man coverage against tight ends. Like, he is a complete player and a real force against the run, which obviously they're going to need against Cleveland. You know, most of those same things can be said for Adrian Phillips, who's a perfect fit for this defense, the way they like to play, you know, a base three safety look with one of them in the box. Um, and then at corner, you know, we were expecting Jalen Mills to be rock solid on one side because that's how he finished last season, you know, and really played throughout most of the summer. But he's been dinged up, and their fourth-round rookie, Jack Jones, at Arizona State, has played very, very well in man-to-man coverage. You know, he'll gamble a little bit. But, you know, they've got some new faces there mixed in, but the, the safety group is really important. I think not only just from a tackling standpoint and all their different assignments, but just, you know, fundamentally against the run, they're going to be very, very involved on Sunday. Linebackers are interesting too. I mean, I know they do a bunch of different uh, alignment things. It's it's a varying scheme that based in three four, but they get they get crazy and do a bunch of different stuff. So you know, it seems like Judon's still coming off the edge, but in the interior guys, you know, you're talking about Raekwon McMillan. I don't know. We we you and I had some discussions through back channels about the Browns trade Winovich for Mac Wilson, and so the Browns have basically gotten nothing out of that trade from the Winovich side. But I'm not sure how Mac Wilson's playing over there. So fill me in on how the outside and inside backers are playing and who to keep an eye on there. Yeah, so Matt Judon's been fantastic. He's been better than he was last year, you know, and he's bringing up 12.5 sacks in the first 13 games. He's got six this year, tied for the league lead, one in each of all of their first five games, and he's been better against the run. So on the opposite side, Dietrich Wise is, is really manning that opposite edge. Is one of the rare D linemen, uh, as far as I can see, across the league who's playing north of 70% of their snaps. So, it's a, you know, again, like you mentioned, there'll be different alignments, whether you're kind of going 2-4-5 or some 3-3 three, three stack or some kind of 3-4 uh, elements. But inside, Juwan Bentley is a staple on early downs. Uh, obviously a run-first player that they trust a lot. He's got very good instincts. But he was missing, you know, pretty badly against Baltimore and Green Bay, obviously both losses. And that really had them at a loss because, you know, if he's not stopping the run when he's on the field, like, there's not really any other use for him as a guy who's six foot two, two 250 pounds. So, you know, he's picked it up. Mac Wilson, though, also had very terrible games. He got benched after two series uh, at Green Bay. He's been relegated to really just 
the single linebacker role in dime packages with six defensive backs. I think that's where you see his speed and playmaking come to light. But, you know, he's had some issues with some bad eyes, um, different angles. And, look, you know, part of that is Baltimore's run game. As you know, it's, it's unique relative to the rest of the league. Uh, but their challenges beyond that kind of go in the C-gap, which isn't always on those linebackers. But, you know, their improved play last week between Bentley and Tavai was a major reason they got to put a lid on the Lions, then top-ranked offense. It's it's fascinating how they always find a way to, you know, there's some lapses here and there, and they're not perfect, but they get so much out of these guys based on just how they coach them up and where they put them. And, like, I had a, a guy who I think knows the NFL relatively well, man, and it's like I think I had tasked him with naming ten guys on the Patriots roster, and he couldn't do it. Couldn't I don't even know if he could do five. Do they, do they get off on that a little bit? Do they like being the underdog, like <laughs> nobody cares about us story? I feel like they really do since Tom's departure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and you know, and their record since then is just one win above 500. So I don't think there's a ton of against uh, you know in that period. When you look at the way that they've won, and particularly when you have a young quarterback like rookies who make their first start or guys making their first start in New England since Belichick took over, they're five and zero. And you're talking about not a whole you know cast of all stars here. It starts with Brady, but then you look at Matt Castle, uh, Jacoby Brissett's on that list. Bailey Zappi is now the latest guy you know, for, for players who were not drafted in the first round. Like, they make do around, you know, so-so or conservative quarterback play. I think that just goes right in Belichick's wheelhouse, not only as a defensive guy, but someone who likes to think globally about the game and how he manages it and, you know, working in different wrinkles. Like, the, the influence of coaching is greater for an underdog, and in, particularly in games where, you know, the talent is close. Like, decisions you make have to even the score, and I think that gets a little bit more, you know, self-involvement, some pride and some ego in there for the Patriots. So, absolutely. Yeah, and the Browns, I think the offense is really well coached, and it's kind of a humming machine with what they have, and it's done very well. But I think a lot of people would argue the defense in Cleveland is lacking a lot of what you were just talking about right there. So we'll see how it bears itself out on Sunday. We're going to take our quick break here, word from some Blue Wire sponsors. We will be right back, finish up with the offense, and see if we can get Andrew's prediction. It's always uh, always fun to get the prediction uh, on, on, a, on an opposing podcast, right? So we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250 k in cash alone. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb your leaderboard for a shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player props, even those over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up with this promo code, which is very simply for the fans of this podcast, OBR. Use that promo code OBR at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store and get a first deposit match up to $25. So again, promo code OBR. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Again, that promo code OBR, nohouseadvantage.com. Okay, so talk offense. I don't think it's been an overwhelmingly impressive group, but like you said, they're getting a lot out of their guys. They're, Ramondre Stevenson's playing pretty well. The, I don't think people give that offensive line enough credit. I think they're playing pretty well too. So we'll start with the wide receiver, tight end, running back group. The, who's getting a majority of the skill position targets and all of that? Yeah, so it's been a rotating cast at wide receiver, partly because Jacoby Myers, who has to be the most unspectacular uh, number one receiver for any offense in the league, you know, has, has missed a game or two due to injury, but he's as rock solid as they come in the slot, leading in targets, receptions, receiving yards. You know, after him, Nelson Aguilar and Devontae Parker have each broken out for 100-yard games, but their play has really lacked since then, especially Aguilar, you know, who has three turnovers on the season. And then Kendrick Corns in and out. But the, the wild card here is going to be Tyquan Thornton, who's a second-round rookie for them out of Baylor. He timed the fastest of any receiver at the combine, 4-2-8. They worked him back in because he started – the season on IR, you know, last week with a couple of series. So I don't know what to expect from him. And, of course, it doesn't matter if Bailey Zappi can't get them the ball. Uh, Hunter Henry, you know, at tight end, finally broke out with a game over 50 yards last weekend. Johnny Smith could play. He's been week to week with an ankle sprain. And so it depends on Zappi. But you're absolutely right. The offensive line has been one of the better units uh, across the league, run blocking in and pass protection. I think the way that they schemed the Browns last year, that negated Miles Garrett to zero tackles, and zero QB hits, you know, portends really well, not just because you have talent like Trent Brown uh, up front or a guy like Mike Dunwayne and right guard is playing really well, but just they've had experience executing, you know, a multifaceted plan to try to erase, you know, a rare talent, obviously, in Garrett. Yeah, what do you expect from them? Do you expect them to really, I mean, was there a target range for how many they want to get in terms of Bailey Zappi? Do you think they'll expand with him? Because, you know, Cleveland's run defense is pretty, is pretty bleak, but I, I would imagine – that Cleveland would have to look at their scenario and say, we have no choice but to stack this box, play single high, and just we have to do everything we can. Now, given some of the talent deficiencies along the front, and especially the interior in Cleveland, I don't, 
I don't think that guarantees they stop the run, but I'm just curious if you think that there's a growing trust that Zappi can handle maybe uptick in, in responsibility here. Yeah, I think we'll, we're going to find out Sunday, because like I mentioned against Detroit, you know, which was a team that was very limited from uh, a talent standpoint and schematically where they had tried to kind of spin the dial their first four weeks and got burned, and especially the way that they blitzed, they backed off, and, you know, it, they were going to probably lose that game either way defensively. But Zappi, you know, they kept it a pretty tight play sheet. They had to reduce it at Green Bay when he came on the field instead of Brian Hoyer. Maybe they expanded it this week, but I think ultimately – like if you're if you're Cleveland, you're happy with him throwing downfield because not only was he just one for four on passes beyond ten yards uh, down down the field last week, you know the three incompletions were not close. So you're willing to take those risks, even though he might have a guy in Thornton, like I mentioned, who can blow the top off the defense. And I think you just put eight in the box, like you said, and play single high to stop the run. It's going to be the deciding factor. It really will because I think it could be a really low scoring football game, and I th- whichever side can mitigate what these teams want to do in the run is just going to, I mean, it's just going to, it's the sort of the nature of the NFL this year, which is flipping itself a little bit with this run pass stuff. So that's what we'll all be paying close attention to. Andrew, before we go, what do you, what's your vibe? What do you think this one ends up looking like on Sunday? Uh, you know, it's funny as the week has gone on, people get more and more confident here in new England. Like they're kind of back in the saddle. But I think when you look at that Cleveland run game, like they went 84 yards in the opening drive in new England last year. And I think we'll, I think Cleveland's going to get off to a good start. The Patriots are going to have to play from behind, but I just I just trust now with Clowney and Denzel Ward out, it's just too much of a talent loss for Cleveland. I think the Patriots probably squeak one out, uh, something like twenty to seventeen. But I think this is going to be a much tighter game. At least people locally seem to be expecting, just because the run defense eventually I think they'll break one break one free and take it off of uh, Zappy's shoulders. Yeah, this is. I got to give you credit. You're the first person to come on and actually predict a Browns loss. So, uh, kudos <laughs> to you on that, Andrew. I appreciate it, man. Listen, we appreciate you collectively coming on, giving your knowledge, and giving everybody a great preview of what's to come this weekend. Thanks again, man. Thanks, Jake. You guys do great work. So happy anytime. Thanks again to Andrew for coming on. Appreciate him stopping by. You guys stopping by on your Saturday, taking a break from whatever's going on at your family, uh, you know, gatherings or whatever you're doing, or you're taking a break from your college football to listen to the Browns stuff here so we appreciate you taking the time to support the obr again shout out to andrew make sure you follow him at underscore andrew callahan uh for giving us some of his time to give us insights on the patriots we'll be back tomorrow with your game day podcast with brad ward have a great saturday everybody go browns